welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. Thank you very much for joining me today for this book review episode. It's a very important book review episode because it's on the subject of lying, and if I'm honest, pun the pun, lying is everywhere, and I think it's really damaging. So that's why I've read this book for the second time, and I'm going to bring you all of the information that I can that I feel is relevant from this book. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please don't forget to like and subscribe. If you're just listening to the podcast, of course, leave a review. Anything you do in that realm really, really helps me. So please be my guest. Now, let's talk about the book today. Lying by Sam Harris. I've read a lot of his books. I think he is a genius. I've read Letters to a Christian Nation. I've read Waking Up. I've read Lying Now twice. And I honestly, I think he's so intelligent. There's so many different bits of content of Sam Harris's on the internet as well. There's lots of debates that he's done. I've watched videos of him talking about AI. He's done a TED Talk on AI, which is incredibly interesting. So I'd very much suggest watching that if you don't read this book, because Sam Harris is definitely someone that you want to sort of pay attention to because he is just so intelligent and wise and smart. He's a scientist, neuroscientist, sorry, and a philosopher, which is a pretty deadly combo uh, when you think about it, because that's a lot of reading around pretty complicated topics. Now, the book Lying, it's structured quite strange. It's not like a normal book. It's not very big. It's about 100 pages long, and it's written more as if it was an essay, and the second half is a manuscript from a conversation that Sam had with a lecturer who initially brought him to the idea of lying in college. Because he went to an ethical analysis lecture and learned all about why lying was such a bad thing. And obviously the guy has inspired him. So he wrote this essay and brought it out to the world. So it's very important to do, just cover what what is a lie. So the definition by Sam Harris in lying is that it's intentionally misleading someone when they expect honest communication. And when he says when they expect honest communication, that is purely because there are people like magicians or comedians who you kind of expect to be lying to you or trying to trick you or joke with you in some way. So it's not to be confused with deception um, because that's what they do and we kind of expect that. So it's unexpected, dishonest communication from someone we'd kind of, we'd want better from, really, or anyone. So... Thinking about lying, it really sent me into like a deep self-assessment, which is not really a good thing, because I think quite existentially anyway. So when I'm in a deep self-assessment, I really, really struggle to think of anything else. Now, this is the second time that I've read this book, and I still went deep into self-reflection about when I lie or when I've lied in the past and sort of how I feel about it. And stuff like that. And it's it's not a very nice exercise to do, but I think it's quite an important one because we lie to ourselves, we lie to other people, we do it in pursuit of self-preservation, we want to make ourselves seem more interesting, we we just we pretend to be something we're not so often and we almost start believing it sometimes and, and especially when it's done in the sort of in pursuit of self-preservation you're looking one of your friends or families in the line, you're you're lying to them about something you've done. If you can do that, you can lie to anyone about pretty much anything, no matter how big or small. And you may 
sit there and think, oh no, that's not the case. A, a white lie doesn't matter. I'll cover those in a moment in terms of the types of lie. But we all lie and we should probably stop. In the book, he talks said it's 10% of conversations in marriages include falsehoods and lies. And 38% of conversations between people of college student age, so 18 to 24, 38% of those conversations include lies. At the time of writing the book, that was. But that's quite a shocking statistic. <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't bode for like good reading for your communication with other people in the world because you think maybe they, they're lying. So <clears throat> the the levels of scepticism that will be awakened within you after reading this book are, are not that great, but they're important nonetheless. Uh, at the start of the book, Sam Harris talks about the the paradox of lying. And, and I spoke then about self-preservation or making ourselves seem more interesting to others because what we're doing there is we're trying to avoid pain. We're trying to make people think we're more interesting because we can't come to terms with the fact that we may not be that interesting after all. And that that stings a little bit. So we lie, we, we, we exaggerate, we push things a little bit more just to make people think that we are more important or interesting than we are. I just think it's a bit mental. Imagine if we were all just obvious. It's uh, it'd be it'd be a different it'd be a different world if we were more obvious. And I'll I'll, I'll go into the lies that have sort of shaped the world a little bit later on in the podcast. But just for now, think about how much you lie in your life, and and maybe if you should stop. And I'll I'll chat about the different types of lies. So those who are familiar with like religious texts or the bible mainly will know sins of commission and sins of omission uh, sins of commission are things that you do and you actively seek out doing those things and sins of omission are things that you just kind of avoid doing and it ends up being a bad thing anyway so there are lies of omission and lies of commission so active lies if i was to like hey guys i am the world champion at jiu-jitsu I am the world championship. World, I've won the world championship. That would be an active lie. If it was a a, a lie of a, a mission, you'd be like, Ed, how did your last jiu-jitsu competition go? I'd be like, yeah, it was all right. That would be a lie of like an omission because I actually lost first round. I know it's subjective whether I thought that was all right or not, but... I'm just purposely not giving the whole truth in pursuit of self-preservation, like I was talking out to begin with. So those are the different types of lies, and, and we all do it. It's, it sucks that we do, but but we do all do it. So let's just think about when when it's okay to lie. Because I know that's what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, maybe the white lies. When, what if I need to lie to protect someone's feelings? Well, I'll tell you about that, won't I? If you lie to someone, you are denying them the reality that is theirs to be had. That's not that cool. Immanuel Kant, he's an old German philosopher, and I'll put the quote up here in a moment. He believed that lying was unethical in pretty much all cases. It didn't matter when you lied, he didn't like it. He says, a lie is a lie, and in itself is intrinsically evil whether it's with good or bad intent. And there's there's an example that is used by him, I think, 
well it's, it's definitely used by sam harris in the book of a crazed axe murderer so this is a little thought experiment so you're sat at home you get a knock on the door it's a little boy he's like oh my god i need to hide in your house please help me so you're like yeah come on in hide upstairs five minutes later an axe murderer comes and knocks at your door. It's like, hey, have you seen a little boy i'm looking to kill a little boy and although you've seen that little boy would telling the truth in that instance really be the best thing to do Telling him that the boy's upstairs is not great. But you still get a moral choice. You can tell the truth by saying, I wouldn't tell you even if I knew. Because you do know and you're not telling him. So even in extreme cases, like you can still lie. Uh, it's it's okay sometimes. But it's, well, it's not, is it? That's the thing. Is you're not lying, you're doing a lie of omission. Sorry for the confusion there. You know, I've been listening to a lot of stuff about lying recently and reading a lot of stuff over the last 24 hours. So the words are getting confusing. I was speaking to my flatmate about this and he's very honest. He doesn't really listen to the podcast. He's like, why would I listen to you when I could listen to Tim Ferriss? Which, hey, I respect. Um, but that's that's the main thing is that I respect it because it's honest. It's honest from him. And he was saying his ex-girlfriend said to him, he's like, oh, do you think I've got a big nose? And he was like, yeah, but it's not that bad. (laughs) Which, obviously, she probably wasn't looking for that answer. She wasn't actually asking the question, do you think I have a big nose? She was looking for some sort of reassurance. But he's one of those people who's very, very bluntly honest. And I absolutely love him for it. I think it's brilliant. But some people don't like that. Some people aren't able to accept the truth. I'm one of those people that I'd rather be told the truth and it be negative than to have someone lie to me and it be positive. And I'll I'll come on to false encouragement in a moment. But when someone asks you a question like that, in in the book, Sam Harris uses an example of a man being asked by his wife if she looks fat in a dress. He's like, well, if you were to say, yes, you look fat in that dress, and for her to perceive that to be a negative thing, that is probably not going to work out too well for you. So what you'd want to do is tell the truth in a different way. You'd want to kind of like take the shit the answer being yes, roll it in glitter and bring it back up. So you'd be like, I think you have dresses that suit you better or flatter you in a different way. That's that's the example he uses. I would say take that conversation into your hands at your own risk because rather you than me in that one. Just to interrupt things very quickly for you here, I want to talk to you about meditation with Headspace. They have made it easier than ever to get time to yourself each day. I've been using Headspace for the last 560 odd days and I absolutely love it. It is your convenient dose of meditation, mindfulness, sleep exercises. You can relieve stress and anxiety and it will help you get a good night's sleep as well. All in one app, there are courses for pretty much everything. I've done courses on happiness, anxiety, and their pro meditation course, which allowed me to meditate for longer and with better concentration. It's said that it's just two weeks of Headspace can reduce your stress by 14%. So if you want to get a free month, 
go to headspace.com slash need to read and you get a free month of their entire meditation library. That is the best Headspace offer available. So go to headspace.com slash need to read today. That's headspace.com slash need to read. When it comes to other people lying in the book and examples that he gives, he tells a story of a woman who has MS. So she goes to the doctors and runs all the tests. The doctor tells her that she's got something else wrong with her. I think it was arthritis in the book, which is a is kind of a I don't know if those two conditions actually go together. I'm sure they do if they're in the book. So the doctor told her that she had arthritis and not MS. So she was like, okay, whatever, fine. But the doctor told the husband that she had MS. The husband decided not to tell her to preserve her feelings. He was denying her the reality. Ended up that she went and self-diagnosed herself by going and doing a load of reasoning around MS and pretty much saying, yeah, I've definitely got this. So she went back to the doctors and was like, I don't want to tell my husband. I don't want to tell my husband that I've got MS, but I'm pretty sure that I've got MS. And that's after about a year. So... They were both lying to each other about something, denying each other, depriving each other, sorry, of like honest communication and the support that they probably both needed when someone in the family has MS, all in the interest of preserving someone else's like stress levels when they didn't even need to do that to begin with. It's a bit crazy. Now, I was talking earlier about Giles, talking about false encouragement. I would hate to get false encouragement. I hate it if people read my book and they tell me they love it. I'm like, no, you don't. Because I know that that's trash. And I know that you're lying to me. And that unfortunately means that I can't really trust you to give me feedback on my work. So unless someone gives me negative feedback, I don't really want it. I want the constructive criticism. I don't need to be like, oh my God, Ed, you are an amazing writer. Because I'm not. I will be one day, but as it currently stands, I'm not. And there are people in my circle who have been telling me porky bites. There are maybe in my book, just not to knock all of my work, I would say maybe 50% of it is banging, but the other 50% is absolute trash. And I'll change that by the time that it gets published. So you don't have to feel pressure to say that it's good. It will actually be good by the time. But yeah, you're insulting someone when you give them false praise, essentially. If one of your friends was really passionate about something and they absolutely sucked at it, how long would you give until you tell them, like, hey, mate, like, you're not actually that good at it? It's almost arrogant of you to be like, actually, I'm not going to tell you the truth about how life is for you because I don't think you can handle it. And I don't think that's right. We we don't have the right to tell people stuff like that. We don't have the right to filter information to preserve someone's feelings. That's not okay. That's when we need to start telling the truth. And I think feedback with friends is really, really important because it's so easy to gas up your friends and to tell them they're amazing and all of this stuff. And I encourage it so much, but we have to stop lying to people. If someone sucks at something and they are under the illusion somehow that they're really really good at it you need to just very gently tell them that they're not because as much as they might think you're like squashing their dreams you're not you're just preserving them in the future you're giving them the information that is available to you you're telling them your subjective truth that you think that they're not very good and that conversation doesn't have to just stop at an insult 
you can then be like, hey, this is what I think you should do to get better, or I don't think you're very good at the moment. Do you want to maybe have a look at ways in which we can like get you better? I think that's a really important side of things. It's just being able to give feedback after you've told someone they're not very good at something. And I would love it. I honestly love it when someone I respect is like, hey, this is the work you've done. I think this could have been better. Amazing. So if you think this video is rubbish, you can let me know. I may not care, but if it is your truth, feel free to tell me. That is absolutely okay. Now, I'll just talk about my experience with lying because obviously I've, I've read this book before and integrity is probably one of my highest values when they're in the marines they give you these values and i think because i was 18 i was easily molded and, and integrity was one of them so it's about telling the truth even if you're going to get in the shit and i wasn't very good at admin when i was in the military so i was kind of constantly in the shit it was it was it was a bit sad really because i didn't get much sleep for it I was always running up and down hills but i always told the truth about my kit because I learned very, very, very early on that lying is not a good thing. I would, like, pull the wool over people's eyes and, and take shortcuts and get punished for it. And you get punished enough times, weirdly, kind of like Pavlov's dogs, which is a good psychology experiment for people to look up if they want. It's about a load of dogs who salivate when a bell is ringed and a, a bell is rung, and it kind of just shows you that people can be con conditioned. So I was conditioned to have high levels of integrity and tell the truth. That's why on this podcast, I talk about things that I do, whether that be something that is uh, undesirable, if, if that's about like my marijuana habits or something that other people might not like, it's my truth, so I'll tell it. And I'm not going to hide it from other people i that's one thing i don't like it's like, oh don't say this around uh around this person it's like why would you not say that around that person this is my truth i can talk about it it confuses me i still lie sometimes though and i really give myself a difficult time for it which is i wouldn't recommend that either honestly giving yourself a hard time in life sucks and i'm really working on trying to get better at that but yes back to the lying I do still lie sometimes I've spoken quite a lot on the podcast about how when I started therapy I lied to my therapist and uh said that I wasn't that I had done mindful eating in a brazen even though I hadn't and that wasn't great so by lying I then stunted my progress which what's what's the point in that what was the point in me actually lying it was self-preservation for my image of myself because I cared what she thought of me. That's what's confusing, is we lie so someone else thinks something different of us. Makes no sense. Now, just in terms of therapy, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. So if you are struggling at the moment and you want to chat to a professional, you can get 10% off of your first month of online therapy with the code a need to read. So you head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and that'll be automatically on there. Or you can select the code need to read and get 10% off your first month therapy. It's honestly one of the best things I've done for my mental health. And if you are one of those people who tells the truth, you'll probably progress a little bit quicker than I did. Let's just talk about 
Sam Harris's experience with lying and also his experience with telling the truth. He tells a story in the book about how in 1987 he was in Nepal, in the airport in Nepal, and he was flying back and he had long hair, so he was prime for a drug search because he just looked like a bit of a hippie. As he was in the airport, they were like, right, let's check your bags through. Have you done any drugs here? And he was like, yep. They're like, pardon? Like, yeah, I smoked some pot and I tried opium when I was in India. And the guy's like, what? When? What? How? So he tells him. He's like, yeah, this is where I did opium. This is where I smoked pot. And, he was, and then the guy's like, have you got any drugs on you? And he's like, no. And it's that kind of radical honesty that made him believe him on the second time around to say, yeah, I haven't got any drugs. So as soon as he said he didn't have any drugs on him, the guy just packed up his bag, let him get on with his day, asked him what opium was like, and was like, yeah, see you later. So that's the kind of radical honesty Sam Harris does, is he'll tell someone that he's done opium, which is pretty stigmatised, I would say, um, mainly because of connotations with addiction. But I think opium is different um, in... Asian countries may be a bit cleaner than it would be here. I don't know. I don't really think I want to try it. But um, Sam Harris did. And he told an airport security guard about it because he tells the truth. Now, impact of lies. There is varying levels of impacts of lies. But let's talk about the impact on people's reputations. And just think about Tyson Fury and Tiger Woods. So they're both the incredibly world-famous athletes, right? One of them has come out and written in a book that he's had lots of sex with prostitutes, done lots of Class A drugs, was an alcoholic, a drug addict, and sex addict. And he came out and he said all that. And people absolutely love him. And they put him on a pedestal, and he is the picture of a mental health recovery. And that's fair. That's great. He's told the truth. He... He's just honest, so people like him. People can relate to the vulnerability. They may not be able to relate to the lavish lifestyle or the prostitutes or the cocaine, but they can relate to the honesty of it, and they can see that it takes a lot to talk about that stuff and, and just to wear your heart on your sleeve like Tyson Fury did. Now, Tiger Woods, on the other hand, he lied. He had loads of affairs. He was a dirty stopout, and he lied about it. And it ruined his reputation for years and years and years. And I'm pretty sure he disappeared off the face of the earth for about six years. I don't know if he's still playing golf. But I do remember the sex scandal and that he lied about it. Think about other people. Lance Armstrong. All of those wins in the Tour de France. People thought he was an absolute hero and he'd been doping the whole time. And no one liked him for it. Even though he had testicular cancer and everyone used to feel sorry for him, the fact that he was a liar just wiped that out. So it's very important for your reputation that you just start telling the truth. And I'm not saying that you're probably a liar because I'm speaking to thousands of people on an individual basis. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to say that. But if you do feel compelled to tell a falsehood or tell a lie at some point soon, just think about it. Like, what's the impact of this going to be? What is the what is the like mental accounting you're gonna to have to take on for this like how many times are you gonna to have to tell this lie how many times is this lie gonna change and mold and fit different situations and when is it gonna catch up with you because it will make you feel really really anxious 
I have lied about a few things in my life. Like I've lied in past relationships and I've spoken about that on the podcast before. And I've learned from that because obviously things went to shit and I felt terrible for it. But it was good that I felt terrible for it because we need to have these negative feelings when we do negative things. Our bodies, our minds will tell us when we're doing things wrong. And lying, I don't think anyone, apart from psychopaths, of course, who can lie and just not feel bad about it. And if you don't like feeling bad, which I'm, I'm sure you don't, just don't lie. If you just start telling the truth, you don't have to worry about being caught out. You don't have to worry about changing the stories to like fit different people. You just tell the truth and you show up as yourself all the time at 100%. And that's all you can do. You just don't lie. It's really, really easy. Sometimes you want to tell a little bit of a white lie. Sometimes you might have to dance around the truth. But in the main bulk of it, in your life, please just tell the truth. Because let's think about what I said about 10% of conversations in marriage include lies. 42% of marriages end in divorce. I know that's lower than what it used to be, but I can guarantee that those relationships all include some level of dishonesty that led to that divorce. So if you want long and prosperous relationships, then telling the truth is always going to be a good idea. And, like, is it... I think it is maybe one of the most important things in life, is just telling the truth. Imagine if we did just all tell the truth to each other. We'd be a lot better at receiving feedback, because I used to be terrible at it. I would. I used to want false encouragement. When someone gave me feedback, I'd cry. I'm not even too sure that I wouldn't cry now if I got feedback, but I want the feedback from people who have done it to say, oh yeah, you're doing it right, or you're doing it wrong, this is what you should do, or I've watched your content, I think you should do X. And if it's someone that I would go to advice to, I'll take that on board. And if it's not, maybe I won't. But I'd love it if people wouldn't lie. That would be the main thing. So, the book, Lying, by Sam Harris, it's really, really good. It's only a short book. It's a little one. 40 pages, and then you get the conversation with the lecturer from the ethical analyst that he speaks about at the start of the book, and that conversation, the transcript from that, which I think is a quite a nice touch, actually, that he's put that into the book, because if I bought a book and it was just 42 pages, I'd probably be a little bit annoyed at it, because... Well, it's just not very long, is it? Now, that is the end of me recommending you lying and telling you about lying. Of course, I'm not perfect. I'm trying my best not to lie, but that doesn't mean that I never do. Just be honest, mainly with yourself to begin with, and practice being polite to others when you tell them the truth as well, because... There is a grey area with honesty and rudeness or bluntness. And you just don't want to be in the grey area, right? It'll be better if we just try and be kind to each other. But that sums up the episode. I think you should read the book, listen to it on Audible, 
do whatever you want. There's links for free audiobook uh, in the description. What have I been reading? I hear you ask. Apart from lying. Confederacy of Dunces. It's a very peculiar novel. The author of it committed suicide 11 years before it was released and then it won a Pulitzer Prize. The author of Fight Club was on Joe Rogan and he recommended the books. I was like, oh, do you know what? He knows, he knows a fair bit about books and writing stories, so I'll get, it. I'll get this book. And it's, it's quite good. I'm also reading Stumbling on, the ha- Stumbling on Happiness. I can't remember the name of that, but it's, it's quite good. I wouldn't say it's blown me away, but I haven't finished it yet. It is quite good. So that is it from me. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the podcast. All relevant links for sponsors are in the description of the episode. But coming up next, we've got a conversation with Will Store to discuss the status game and a few other little bits around storytelling and why we're so self-obsessed. So thank you very much for listening. You are all absolute legends. Love you, bye.